This is Miller's Edge on Tide 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. This is is the Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. Man, I hate Tennessee because first of all, it's Tennessee. And I... I I just hate them because they, they, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. And I hate Philophoma. I hate their colors. I'm not a dog person. I, I just hate Tennessee, man. Like, and I, I hate N- Nayland Stadium. It looks like a garbage truck worker convention. And I hate all their quarterbacks. I just, I hate Tennessee, man. Describe, their, describe what you feel about their colors, too. I thought that was interesting. It, it, it reminds me, it, and it's not that orange that you can stand. See, I hate Tennessee more than I hate Auburn. I just dislike Auburn. I hate Tennessee. See, Tennessee's colors, is, is that, it's that throw-up orange. It's not that orange that you can sit with. It's that puke inside of a pumpkin orange. That I, and I don't like pumpkins. So, I just, I just, I, I really don't like Tennessee, man. I, I can't stress that enough, man. And... They, they they losers. They sore losers because they, they, they're not Alabama, and I, I hate Tennessee, man. <laughs> Welcome into the Middle Edge. There you go. It is upon us. Hate Week. Tennessee Hate Week is ready in rare form. I don't know about you. It's going to be an exciting week in Tuscaloosa. Payback, all the good stuff that we're going to hear, all the great sound bites. I'm looking forward to it. But we got to get to what happened on the weekend. Alabama really just squeaking by Arkansas. Started out fast, played like uh, not so good in the second half. We're going to break this ball game down before we tell you what happened from our perspective. Should you be concerned this week? And uh, we will be rocking and rolling based on that. Welcome into the Middle's Edge. Corey Miller, Pastor Payne, alongside Christian Miller, Justin Jones, and Noah is in the building today. And uh, we've got a lot to get in here on the next hour. We'll take your phone calls because we want to hear from you. 205-342-9904. Our show is sponsored by Good Friends at the Good Feast Store, America's Art Support Experts. Christian, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. You know it. Look. We'll definitely dive into this. There's a lot of, I want to talk about this game. We talked a lot about it on our post-game show, the Miller's Edge. 
post-game show that is over on YouTube. So if you haven't seen that yet, go check it out now at the Miller's Edge on YouTube. We always go live every Thursday for the Miller's Edge Extra and also our post-game shows. And we also post a lot of good content over there. So check that out and follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just there's going to be a lot to talk about about this football game. Um, you know, I, I would not say we were shocked at how it went per se. I mean, I was shocked with some things, but we talked about it all last week that uh, th this game, I, I never labeled it a trap game, so to speak. I said it was kind of close. It was on the verge of being one. Uh, I, I figured there would probably be some struggles in this game. It just, you know, we had all the factors and the, the, the right ingredients for uh, a, a performance kind of like what we saw. I was hoping that wasn't the case, but I was prepared for it. So it's not going to sit, I'm not going to sit here on the show today and say, oh man, I'm so shocked at kind of what transpired. I am still a little disappointed, but you know, it is what it is. But as you said, uh, you know, a win is a win. Even if, if it's not pretty, it still counts. That's all that matters. And the best thing that you can do is move forward and learn from it and grow from it and uh, do everything you can not to have that type of performance again. And again, it's not like it was the worst performance ever, right? I mean, we, I mean, we've had a, we had a difficult showing against USF. There's some other things that, you know, that have come up this season. So it's not, not going to be one of those people that's going to just try to make it seem like the sky is falling, right? Um, right. But definitely some things that need to be addressed or cleaned up moving forward because uh, you just don't want these things lingering as we go on. You know, we're at that, we're, we're, uh, we're past the midpoint now in this season. So there's a lot of issues that I feel like probably should have been cleaned up by now. And that's the only thing that, again, I wouldn't necessarily say is concerning to me, but it's just something that I'm going to keep an eye out on uh, because as we continue to go down this stretch, you, know, you talked about it. it's Tennessee week. Uh, we know they've got a pretty solid football program. And so they're coming into town. It, it, it should, it's a revenge game, right? We all know what happened last season. Uh, so these guys should be ready to roll, right? So and I'll talk about that too. I, I think the mindset this week, it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't fluctuate, you know, week to week. But these guys should have the right mindset and, and, and mentality this week, knowing what transpired last season against these guys. So I'm looking forward to this week. But again, before we jump into this week, we got to you know, rewind it and break down what happened this past weekend. So uh, I think we should go ahead and hop into that. And uh, do you want to start with your with your breakdown and I can piggyback off of it? Well, go ahead and rock and roll. Well, you like you like for me to go first because you can steal some of my points. Is that what you said? No, no, I, I, no it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> no, let me go because you always take my point. So here we go. This is what I'll say, right? Starting with the first half, you know, we came out somewhat slow, right? Offensively, right? Just... You know, you know, first couple of series, a little slow. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of what I was expecting. We might need to kind of get into gear, but it's coming. But then, it, offensively, we picked it up. Defense came up with some, some nice uh, stops, held them to two field goals, which is huge because, again, you know, that's six points instead of 14 points. So that was big. You know, defense looked good in the first half besides failing to get off the field on several third downs. That was really the biggest issue in the first half for the defense uh, was our third down efficiency. But really, um, that got cleaned up somewhat as the game went on. Uh, get into that. But then offensively, like I said, the first couple of drives were a little slow, right? It just seemed like we kind of, you know, it, it almost like we kind of were still kind of getting the crust out of our eyes those first couple of drives on offense. But what do you know? The passing attack, uh, basically, you know, we carried that over from last week. And that was what we had going on offense, right? That was effective. You know, we were making plays to the air. We were very productive throwing the football, uh, you know, the big shot to Kobe Prentice, you know, I was saying this uh, on the, the post-game show. We're becoming like those home run hitters as an offense, which is interesting, right? Coming into the season, everybody thought we'd be, you know, imposing our will in the running game, 
you know, bullying people, you know, controlling the tempo. Now we're slowly evolving into a, a, a pass-happy offense who, who's really just making explosive plays for the airs right now. They're having a hard time running the football. And again, this is with the same quarterback that people thought couldn't really throw the ball. It's just, there's, this is a very, uh, this team is very interesting the way it, it kind of it morphs each week. But uh, going back to that, yeah, I mean, it started with the big shot to Kobe Prentice, you know, followed up with a nice, uh, 50-50 ball over to Jermaine Burton. You know, I saw, you know, the energy that he had. I mean, he was, again, he's got to be careful because, you know, if, if he's a little too reckless in, in, in his trash talk and kind of those antics, I mean, he, he might end up getting some undisciplined penalties and then we're really going to have some issues. But I at least like the intensity. It, it, he, he's playing kind of like like a dog would. He's just got to, you know, tone it down just a little bit so he doesn't get a flag. But, you know, I liked it. We were being aggressive, throwing the football. We were making plays through the air. And really, if you if you look at it, I mean, we were kind of scheming him up well. I think the the next touchdown uh, was that shot to Amari Nyblack. He looked like pretty much ran four verticals there. Uh, it might have been five. can't remember. Basically, it was, a, you know, all verticals, right? And uh, had him pretty much wide open for a nice touchdown. But so, anyway, I say all that to say the offense really was coming alive, throwing the football. Didn't really run the ball too well, but I was like, all right, you know, this is looking good. We go into the half, uh, 21 to 6. Defense, again, you know, they they – we're just limiting Arkansas to only a handful of things. The defensive front played extremely well. They carried that over from last week. Arkansas couldn't get anything going. They had a really tough time moving the football other than those third down conversions. We did get saved a couple of times with some drops by Arkansas early on, but for the most part, that front was so stout. You know, Arkansas could not run the football in that first half. Uh, we shut KJ Jefferson down. They didn't even trust their their pass pro. They stopped trying to drop back to throw the ball. All they did was, you know, you know, work the perimeter, try to do some quick you know, quick passes, some screens, RPO, quick slants. That's really all they had. Quarterback design runs, you know, some some zone runs and RPOs and and screens. That's all they could do. And and so going into the half, I was like, all right, you know, this this is, you know, we started slow, but we're kind of getting going. And this is this is what I expected, right? We're going to start slow, but then kind of get our gears going. And knowing that we've been a second half team this whole year, I was confident in coming out of that second half. You know, I talked to Coach Saban before he you know went into halftime uh, when I was a sideline reporter and. He, he said, you know, we got to get off the field on third down. We need a little more balance to our offense. We got to be able to set up the run better. Uh, that way we're more balanced, but we just got to finish. We can't worry about the scoreboard. And so that was what I was hoping we'd see in the second half, but unfortunately it was a different story. You know, we came out and had a very lackluster second half besides those uh, the handful of explosive runs that we had, which was really nice to see. We'd been waiting on that for a while, but then it was like the running game was going, so now we couldn't pass the ball anymore. You know, the drops were an issue. Uh, Milrow's accuracy seemed to have dipped. Then defensively, we had some mental errors. We, we didn't get contained. K.J. Jefferson was able to escape and roll out the pocket, pick up some big chunk yardage after we'd get him behind the sticks. Um, you know, he was able to just throw guys off of him. We heard the clip of Coach Saban talking about how impressive it was, you know, throwing uh, Terry on, uh, on Arnold off of him like a gnat on a cow's rear. And so, you know, it just it's just when I look at that second half, it was almost like we kind of just – let off the gas. It's almost like guys were just like, all right, you know, we're just 21-6. We're, we're moving. It really was 24-6 to late in the third quarter until Arkansas, I think, scored like 15 straight points or whatever it was. But, you know, really, to me, it was a mental thing. It just seemed like guys had a lack of focus, a lack of concentration. That would explain, you know, the drop passes, you know, the, the mental errors, giving up the big yardage. And so the, that, to me, kind of was disappointing because I was hoping we'd have a chance at playing a complete four-quarter game. I think that's important because that's something we hadn't necessarily seen just yet from this football team. And I, I think we're still yearning to see that, that full 
four quarter performance. But you know, wrapping this up, you know, um, the the most glaring thing I, I, I take away from this game because that pretty much was the second half, right? I mean, I couldn't throw the football. We had some explosive runs, and the offense started to kind of stall. Didn't really do too much, and we started giving up. You know, plays. Arkansas really was able to move the ball. They were able to run the football now. They were able to throw the ball a lot better. Uh, luckily, we were, able, we were able to survive, you know, in, in large part due, due to a, a critical sack by Dallas Turner. They ran a, a double ET game where the, the ends, they slant inside. Uh, they pick the guard and the, and the interior tackles. They wrap around. Dallas did a good job redirecting and making that sack, and that kind of slowed that drive and shut them down. And then Milrow's beautiful pass over the middle. You know, he had some really nice touch over that defender. You know, squeezing in there, converting, and it pretty much sealed the deal. But the most glaring issue, and I'm going to pass it to you, is the, the the offensive line play, specifically the left tackle spot. It's going to it's going to have to be addressed, right? I mean, like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. They've got to figure something out. And unfortunately, you know, we've seen them we've seen them work both Proctor in there and Elijah Pritchett. But unfortunately. One doesn't necessarily seem better than the other right now, right? I mean, you put Pritchard in there, and he's vulnerable to giving up sacks, too. They both gave up a couple sacks to the same guy, the Landon Jackson or whatever his name, big number 40. I mean, the guy had three and a half sacks on the day. And so it leads me to this question. Why can't we just, I mean, it, it, like right, right now, we the, the only answer is to put help over there. You've got to put a chipper, right. whether it's a, a tight end, a running back. You have to do something because – Clearly, we don't have a, a, a better option right now between those two guys. And it's okay. They're learning. They both are inexperienced. They're growing. But the issue is you can't just allow us to keep be, being exposed on that side. You can't. I mean, Milrow might get hurt. We can't. We're not going to be able to throw the ball effectively. If a, a, a good defensive coordinator just going to put their best pass rusher over there, and they're just going to exploit that side the whole game. So you gotta, you got to put some help over there. I don't know why we haven't done that. I don't know if they're worried it's going to change too much. They don't want to dictate the offense around one spot. But at this point, you don't really have a choice because we're too vulnerable on that left side. So until we get that figured out, we're going to continue to struggle. But I think the biggest takeaway from this game is 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 consistency. We still are looking to get consistent as a football team. And just right now, we haven't seen that just yet. Well, like I said, you um, said everything that I was going to say, so I don't want to... Just uh, say everything over again. But, you know, you got it. That's spot on what you said. I mean, listen, it was um, a great first half. It was a tale of two halves in this football game. We talked about all last week, you know, how can we get this football team to start the game fast and what Nick Saban had to do and the staff to get this team rocking and rolling early. We knew that they were a really good uh, second-half football team. Um, but it was the opposite. They came out fast. We knew the early start. Might be a problem. You know, I talked about the triple S slow, sluggish start. We didn't have that. They were ready to rock and roll, jumped out, uh, you know, six to nothing early in the first quarter, but they bounced back and began to play great football. And, and then you go on, you know, halftime with a commanding lead and you come out the second half and it's like, who is this football team? And then you saw some of the same things and mistakes by the defense. You talked about those. You, you highlighted those different things. The passing game now was non-existent. Taylor Miro, uh, was like one for something ridiculous in the second half. But this team had a 24 to six command and lead late in the third, right? So it's almost like Tommy Reese put the, took the foot off the gas. I thought the offense became vanilla. Uh, I thought they started playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And to me, that was a, uh, that was a little bit of a problem. And, um, you know, it, it's just like we've haven't seen the consistency. 
I mean, we've seen great second halves. We saw a great first half in this Arkansas game. It's like they can't figure out how to put this together for 60 minutes. If they do, it's like this could be a, a, a scary team. If this could be a team that uh, definitely should be in the SEC championship. But, again, this is a team that if they don't play their best football, this team can be beat. And um, in regards to Arkansas or whomever, but let's not trip because Arkansas is a better football team than their record indicate. They've been in every single game. I mean, lost by three to LSU, lost by three to Bama, they lost by a little bit to Ole Miss. So, and those are three ranked teams. I mean, so uh, they they're right there. So it's not like this team is some team that you're going to, um, uh, you know, just jump out there and, and just roll over. That's not the situation. Um, so, um, but anyway, uh, I want the callers to get in 205-342-9904 and I can comment based on some of the things that they say, but, um, not worried about Miro. I'm definitely worried about 74. I said this on, on Saturday in the post game. I think 74 needs to be benched. I think 74 needs to work on his footwork, work on his fundamentals, work on losing some weight. I, I know that the other guy gave up some sacks too, but, I think he's a little bit more athletic than 74. And then my point B to this would be, if you're going to leave either one of those guys, you got to do a better job of play calling and helping these guys. You got to put somebody in that position to chip or just slow down a guy. You can't let a defensive, one defensive player disrupt everything that you're trying to do offensively. And this is what happened. I mean, that guy just disrupted everything that they wanted to do offensively. and. Tommy Reese did nothing to help the kid. Now, is that on the kid? Or is that on the offensive play caller? I say the latter. It's on the play caller. I mean, you got to be better than that. Again, I applaud him that he's doing some more things offensively, but you got to help this kid. He's not ready to take that, uh, the, you know, bull by the horn, so to speak, and be that dominating left tackle that they need. I mean, if that's the best you got, then okay. And I got to help this guy all the time. I cannot afford to leave this guy on an island against these pass rushers in the SEC. You can't do it. And if you do that, you just saying, hey, we can't run our offense, especially if we're going to try to run a drop back pass. You know, you want a guy to read and go through his progression. But if you got a guy that can't hold up, why would you do that? That's my biggest question. Why would you ask this kid to do something right now that he's not good at? And if he can't do it, just like you did with Melrose, pull the trigger, put him on the bench. Maybe have him sit up there with you for a game might make him uh, uh, take it a little bit. I'm not saying he's not taking it serious, but maybe sitting the game might help. Who knows? But uh, what they're doing right now on that left tackle side isn't good enough, and eventually it's going to cost them a game. Quick timeout, 205-342-9904. Again, our show is sponsored by our good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. We'll come back, take your phone calls. We'll hear from Nick Saban, what he had to say following the game against Arkansas. And I'd love to get your thoughts. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? Win is a win. Ugly win is better than pretty loss. All day, every day, twice on Sunday. Okay? I'll take that. But, man... Or are you going to continue to see this up and down roller coaster of a football team called Alabama? That's the question I'm asking today on the program. This is the Mills Edge, on the Tide. 100.9 is the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. 1230 as well on the AM. WTBC. Back in a moment.
Hey, it's Christian Miller, and we're celebrating Roll Tide. This is Christian Miller, and I want to tell you about my good friends over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. Spine and Sport Chiropractic provides quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injuries, sports-related trauma, and more right here in the heart of West Alabama. Come and discover how this form of medicine can improve your overall health by addressing the original cause of your ailments instead of masking your pain. If you're in need of this type of relief, contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, that's 205-345-8102. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, breezy afternoon with a partly sunny sky. The high today, 62. Tonight, mostly fair with a low at 44. A warming trend tomorrow and Wednesday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 67. Wednesday's high, 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We normally call it Overreaction Monday, but I don't think there's a lot of overreaction (laughs) today based on what we saw, especially in the second half of this football game against Arkansas. And I threw out the question, you know, are you concerned? Are you a little bit worried about this football team? Um, Are you concerned of the up and down nature, one good half, one bad half? Uh, We haven't seen a complete game yet. I mean, we haven't seen it. So... I uh, want to hear from you on the phones. I'd like to take it to the people, 205-342-9904. To the phone lines we go. Welcome in, Cameron. Cameron, you're up next here on the edge. Hello, Cameron. I guess we don't have Might have lost him. I think we Cameron. went ahead. I think Joseph was also uh, in the queue. Joseph, are you here this morning? Oh, yeah. What's up, guys? What up? Oh, Joseph, what's going on, brother? Well, guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't judge Miro his props versus A&M, but this week he didn't have too good of a game. He went ten for twenty-one. That's not good numbers with uh, two hundred thirty-eight yards and two touchdowns. Uh, that's not real good numbers. Uh, it's not all. It's not all his fault. But like I said, uh, and it's not all the offensive line's fault either. Everybody wants to point to all offensive line. Yeah, they uh, they are a lot of a problem. But some of it was Miro's fault. A lot of it was Miro's fault too. I mean, that second half. I mean, I mean, yeah, the left tackle was a problem. But, I mean, we done emptied our bitch trying to figure that out. I don't know what else we need to do with that situation. I mean, we done swapped two tackles out. I mean, we swapped Proctor and another kid out. And uh, they obviously didn't get that figured out. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if we go play like that versus LSU, LSU's going to come in here and go to the Atlanta. That's what they're going to go to do. Because LSU's got to get offense. You, we got to score points to keep up with LSU. Because, uh, I, I would say I'm concerned because uh, Arkansas took LSU down to the wire. I'm talking about to the wire, and LSU beat them. But I'm here to tell you, Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC, and uh, and he and he's coming to Tuscaloosa hoping to get a W and hoping to go play the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, if we yeah. if we keep on if we keep on playing like that, we won't be going to Atlanta. Well, a couple things, Joseph. Number one, that's why we told you. We said, you know, we we love that you were giving Milrow his props after the A and M game. He had a great game, but we did we we did warn you that you know everybody's human, and uh, it's just not realistic to expect that 
week in and week out, especially with a player who's still learning, growing, and developing. So we warned you about that. But number two, I wouldn't necessarily say he, he had a terrible game. I mean, the first half, he, he was pretty solid that first half. He threw some nice passes. I mean, again, the game wasn't perfect for him. You know, second half uh, was not pretty by any means. He, he struggled. You know, he wasn't very accurate. But he also uh, didn't get much help from the receivers in that second half. There was uh, you know several drops on their end. He also did... Uh, you know, not throw the best passes that second half, uh, but it doesn't help when you have, look, it, it wasn't even just the three and a half sacks that that one guy had. If you watch the tape, Joseph, I mean, the, the, the left side and even, you know, the center, 56, man, I mean, they consistently are getting beat. They're, they're, they're both liabilities with one-on-ones in, in pass rush, and that's no knock on them. It's just, it's just when you watch the tape or you watch the film or you just watch the game, um, that's what you're seeing consistently is those guys struggle and they need help. And so you just got to throw all that in the equation. But I, but I agree, we've got to play much better if we want to accomplish all those goals, without a doubt. You know, I just I wouldn't say he played awful. He did some really nice things in the game. He threw some nice passes, but he also struggled at times. And and I just pointed this out on our post game show. I think his biggest issue right now is his footwork. I think if Milro cleaned up his footwork, he'd be a lot more accurate. I think a lot of the time you watch him, he's throwing off balance. He's throwing off his back foot. He's not having his feet set before he delivers his football. And that's what's caused him to be uh, inaccurate at times. Now, with that being said, it's hard to have your footwork set when you're facing pressure, but you also have to learn to trust that and be able to step up into the pro- into the pocket and deliver those passes. So I think all that's a work in progress. But Well, he's, he's done that, guys. Issue. I mean, come on. Let's give let's, I think he's it's the judgment right. here is a little harsh. I mean, the dude had almost 300, 270-something through the air, uh, two touchdowns, and the the thing is, zero interception, zero yeah, no, turnover. I, I so he played bad. I, no, I said he did no. some really good things. I, I, that's why I said I, I prefaced by saying he did some really good things. Right. I agree. He didn't have the greatest second half. All I'm saying is, I think what would help him out is cleaning up his footwork. I, 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 I said, agree you with you gotta that. Look at you got to look at the whole picture, right? Uh, the receivers had several drops in the second half, but he also did have you know some bad throws. What about that critical that's, that's that critical third down but he also pass? Was facing a lot of pressure. The Dude, critical listen, third down yeah, pass. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not speaking off of emotion, man. I'm just talking like I'm just telling it how it is. Like he he did have some some bad throws in the second half. That's fine. Like, yeah, of course. The game, but he also did did some really good things in the game. That's why I said I, I I don't agree with Justin. I did not say he was awful. I did not say anything. I thought I would say I would give it maybe a B minus collectively for the whole game because I thought I thought he did some really good things in the first half. Um, and then some some okay things second half then some bad things right but th- that's normal like that's what I'm saying I I'm not I'm not putting this on him just uh, strictly on him right I mean it doesn't help when when you give one guy four sacks three and a half sacks I mean clearly there's an issue in protection like if you just look at the numbers but then when you watch the tape there was several more times that guy could have had even probably two more sacks if 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 we didn't if we didn't get the ball out so with that being said you just have to take that into consideration and that's why I think. The biggest issue right now is getting those holes patched up. And those holes, to me, is the left tackle spot and then is frequently from the center spot in their pass pro. Again, not picking on anybody. Those those two spots so just tend to be liabilities in pass pro. It is what it is. And I think we just have to get some help, especially on the left side. Like uh, you know, like Joseph was saying, we see that they're, they're, they're basically substituting two left tackles. They're trying to see, you know, who's a better option, they're trying to get right. both those guys' experience. But the thing is, right. they both still are struggling on both their liabilities. So that you have no other choice but to put help over there. I, I mean, it is what it is. I know you might not want to. It might take somebody out of the the, the, the pass, passing tree. It might, 
you know, alter some of your plays. It doesn't matter. If there's no other solution right now but to add right. some help over there, help them out. No, I agree. I'm just, I think Joseph makes some good points. I'm just saying that um, he, his, his you performance. Joseph's going to be critical of the quarterbacks. No, 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 no. I've got that. I, I understand that. I'm just saying the point is it wasn't, this wasn't a mayoral issue. This was an offensive line issue. This was a receiver issue because they dropped several passes. If you take three or four of those passes, then his percentage changes a whole great deal. And you go, well, wow, he's 14 or 20. Let's just call it 21 for 278 and two touchdowns and no turnovers. Then we all sing a different tune. So right. uh, he did his part. Uh, I still think he needs help again from the offensive coordinator. He, he needs help again from, you know, his receivers, his offensive line. I mean, so it all goes hand in hand. And I think, um, you know, they just got to play better together as a unit. 205-342-9904, back to the phone. We dropped Cameron, but we got him back. Cameron, thanks for holding. You're up next here on the Miller's Edge. Gentlemen, thank you for taking my call. Love the show. I wish y'all could be off another couple of hours. No offense to the next show, but it's like watching paint dry or listening on the app in Georgia. <laughs> got a question, Kristen. Have you ever, ever seen a penalty in a victory formation? before for Alabama? Honestly, no. I don't think I've seen that in the league either. <laughs> I, I asked my dad that. I, I was like, I mean, you played in the league nine years. I was like, have you seen that? That was new to me. No, I've never, ever. You you playing, well, y'all both playing, but if I have ever played, I was a soccer, soccer guy, not a football. I was too small. Um, I would probably have words with you in the locker room. If you cost us the momentum, it seems like he's a walking flag just waiting to go off and we can't control him because we need him too bad. But to happen, that's showing me to me. Now, I never played football, but that's disrespecting my coach, my team, and my university because I can't control my emotions. And it doesn't seem like it's getting any better that way. It, it just it seems like it's juvenile things that didn't used to happen on the time. I mean, it just didn't seem like we had... I just score the score the touchdown, get the points. Don't do some choreographed handshake, hand the ball to the sidelines like we used to. It just doesn't seem. And I get stuff changes, and these kids are having fun, and that's great. I want them to have fun too. But when I saw that, I was just that just I don't know. It just rubbed me wrong. But a second thing I want to bring up: um, Do y'all think Tommy Reese has? or needs to or has opened the playbook. I keep seeing that on social nature, nope. social network. Tommy nope. needs to open up the playbook. Has he opened up the playbook yet? Nope. I've been saying that, and I said it on our show on the Miller's Edge Extra a post game. Um, the, a little bit. I mean, I gave him the credit at Texas A&M. I thought he made some, some really good adjustments. But... I think he needs to expand it even the more. When you're not taking advantage of your the skill set of Jalen Milrow, when you're not running him in design runs ten to fifteen times a game. I mean, if you go look right. at LSU, uh, and Jaden Daniels is a skinny dude. Jaden Daniels skinny. I mean, but they run him, and and they get him out with RPO game and on the perimeter, giving him a run pass option. And we're not seeing any of that. And I don't know why. I don't know if the young man can't comprehend too much or, or he don't want to. Like, they're not, they're not using, not just Jay Lamiro guys. They're not using the entire, uh, uh, plethora of receivers. Uh, I mean, they got dudes that can get, I mean, if you watch any other games and I talk about scheming guys open, not always asking the quarterback to read 
and scan, but you can be schematically so good that that you get guys open. Look at last night, Buffalo Giants. I don't even know if you guys saw that game. How scheme was the one reason they got Josh Allen to throw that, that touchdown pass. They schemed the them. The Dolphins, I mean, it's so hard to cover these guys because scheme gets guys open. Alabama, when I watched this offense, it seems like it's the hardest offense that I've ever seen. I've seen thousands of games. I've played in about a thousand games. Listen, I've never seen an offense that seems like they never have easy throws for the quarterback. Do y'all want Tommy back next year? I lost. I mean, it broke it up on the camera. Do you want Tommy back next year? So far, your offensive coordinator for the University of Alabama. I mean, it I could be Tommy Bob. Reese... We could be one in five Patriots. Uh, that, that is, is what true. it is. I mean, God, I always be careful so, what you ask for, right? Yeah, I, I think. Sure, bro. Listen, sure. I think this right here, Cameron. I think he just needs to open up the playbook. You got to utilize and take advantage of your, the guys that you have on your team. The best coaches know who they have, know what their skill set is, and know how to utilize them. Do I think he can do that? Yes. But there's some reason he's not doing that. I don't know. But I can tell you this, as a as a point of reference, I can go back to what happened at, at USF, USF. That game when Tyler Buckner started the game, he had a totally different uh, a playbook, play calling for Tyler Buckley, we saw quarterback run. We saw RPO game. Why are we not seeing that with Jalen Miro would be my question. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, gentlemen, I got to go. I appreciate your show. Have a great day at Roll Tide. All right, blessings and Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I appreciate that, Cameron. That's some good yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm, no, like, I'll, I'll say this about great points. opening up the playbook, right? I, I think he's gradually been opening it up as Jalen Miro has gotten more confident and comfortable. But, look, I, I'm not saying – I'm not making excuses for him, but in my head – there's just got there's got to be some type of reason that he's not quite doing that yet. Does he not feel comfortable enough to open it up for Jalen Miro to shed, or, or because of the the liabilities in the pass pro? I don't know, right? Uh, but I feel like at this point, from everything that he's been able to see from his his unit uh, in that offense, there's got to be a reason that it's not so much opened up. I do feel at some point he's got to get more innovative. I mean, it's like you said, if you watch some of these other teams. You can really just scheme guys open at a time. I mean, again, I know we don't have a Tyreek Hill, but if you just watch how they're able to just, man, Mike McDaniels is, is so smart, so smart in terms of his play calling and his play innovation. And I'm just like, I wish we could just get a little bit more creative, right? Even in the run game, I know we started having some runs pop in that second half, but it seems like the same old power inside zone. I've seen a little bit of counter, but you're right. I feel like we just can get a little bit more diverse and innovative. And then maybe we'll maybe we'll get there. Maybe we're I mean, we still got time, right? We just just over the the halfway point of the season, so uh, definitely want to get hey, some well, callers. But- every week, bro. I mean, I mean, when we gonna get there? Game twelve. Hey, 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 I mean, hey, listen, it's it's. I, I listen. I got faith. I got confidence. We're getting. There, I got faith and confidence I'll, I'll, too, but right now it's not looking too good. Well, here, you know, you know uh, we'll eventually get there, but I'll tell you one place that you need to get to coming up on October 23rd, and that is T-Mobile, the official wireless provider of your Crimson Tide. They want to keep you connected to your favorite teams and your favorite players, so stop by the T-Mobile store on Patriot Center Park. uh, That's the Patriot Center store on Highway 69 South on Monday, a week from now, October 23rd, between 5.30 
and 7 o'clock p.m. where you can meet current football players and win great uh, prizes, including game tickets, branded Yeti coolers, signed merch, and much more. You don't want to miss this event. Again, it's going to be over at the T-Mobile store of the Patriot Center on Highway 69 South Monday, October 23rd, 5.30 to 7. You don't want to miss this, guys. Make sure you're there meeting players, getting merch, all you can think of, 5.30 to 7 at the T-Mobile store on Highway 69 South. That's the Patriot Center T-Mobile store. Check them out. Monday, October 23rd, folks. Well, are you going to be there? Are you been there? Are you going to uh, be with the players or just to, current players? I'm going to try to stop. By, I think they're still in the works of, of releasing that. But, yes, there's going to be current players there signing things. You can win stuff. It's going to be a very fun event. Again, and I'm excited hope, to hope be Hope you can win your nice uh, iPhone 15 Pro That would Max. be nice. You know, T-Mobile yeah. is my service provider. I might need to get I know. I'm going to give you a phone and me one, too, so I can cancel mine. <laughs> Save me about $180 a now, month. You just got the new iPhone. Now, my point, I can sell it, and then if they give oh, hookabuttup.com and hook us up with a free phone, then I don't need that. So I'm on Verizon, T-Mobile. I'm on Verizon, so I'm going to take the best deal. Holler at your boy. All right, 205-342-9904. KJ, I see you. Others, I see you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the game. Alabama gets it done by three. They were a 19-point favorite going into the ballgame against Arkansas, and they win by only three. Your thoughts we're coming back right here on the Tide 100.9, a.m. WTBC. And take your calls. We're sponsored by our good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's Arch Support Experts. Check them out over at Midtown Village. Back in a moment. Hey, Bama fans. It's Christian Miller here. T-Mobile, the official wireless provider of your Crimson Tide, wants to keep you connected to your favorite teams and players. So stop by the Patriot Center T-Mobile store on Highway 69 South on Monday, October 23rd, between 5.30 and 7 o'clock p.m., where you can meet current football players and win great prizes, including game tickets, a branded Yeti cooler, signed merch, and more. You don't want to miss this. See you there and Roll Tide. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Tuesday. We will talk to Kevin Skarbinski at 7.30. Also hear what Nick Saban had to say on Monday in preparation for the Tennessee game this Saturday. Inside the Locker Room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9. And Tide100.9.com. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Here on a Manic Monday, Overreaction Monday, we're breaking it down. We're talking about the Tides win over Arkansas. Ugly win, better than a pretty loss, and the Tide stays undefeated. And every goal is still in front. And now, the week that we all have been waiting for, waiting for, I should say, Tennessee, who basically knocked the Tide out, playoff contention last year, coming to Tuscaloosa with Joe Milton and the gang, a team that's not high-powered offense no more, basically through the air, it's by run. They're running the football. So going to be a wonderful matchup. We'll get more into that ballgame, of course, uh, starting on tomorrow. Justin, pile something up for me real quick before we get to Tommy and Ramos and who else we got, Ellis and KJ, we coming to you. Um, I want to hear what Coach Saban had to say 
on the um, on the pass protection, kind of the inconsistency of the pass protection of the offensive line, because I got a feeling these guys are going to be talking about that. So let's hear what Coach Saban had to say about the O-line's play against Arkansas. Well, we make some mental errors. We don't fan first sack of the game. We fan it to the left. Left tackle doesn't fan. Guy runs in there unblocked, sacks the quarterback. Um, sometime, a couple times a day we got beat physically. I mean, their rusher just beat our guy. Um, and, you know, but we have to handle pressure better. I mean, we have to be able to handle pressure and stunts better. I mean, this was a big boundary pressure team. It's exactly what they did when 28 sacked the quarterback the first play of the game. It's something we practiced a lot, getting the game. And with experience, I think our guys will learn from every one of these things and hopefully be able to get it corrected. Well, at some point, <laughs> it's game, what is this? It's game number eight, right? Is this eight when we're six and one, right? So when are they going to learn? I mean, how many times in a press conference do we hear, you know, you know, stunts from the boundary and passing guys off. And these are simple. Let me explain to the listening audience, guys. These are simple things that offensive line should be able to do. Recognize the guys go stunts on the inside. You pass them off uh, to the guard. The guy sugar, what they call sugar to guard. They want to hold him right there for a little bit. Then he comes right off the butt of that guy that's stunting inside and they try to hit the edge. And that's an easy pass off. Boom, shove him down to the guard. The guard knows the guy's coming out on the outside because he has to replace contain. It's just that simple. But it sounds like to me, it's just mental errors. You know, that, not and that the, many. And the lack of fundamentals, though. I mean, yeah. remember, we talked about it. When we when we watch them, if you break them down, they, they don't really get in a, in a smooth kick set. They're kind of opening up the gate. And then yeah. when I noticed with Proctor, for a guy to be so heavy, man, he just doesn't necessarily play uh, like he's as big as he is or as strong as he is. You know, guys, when they hit the edge on him, I talk about it. You know, I was a speed rusher. I always hit the edge. But guys knew, those big tackles knew, they could, you know, they could use their strength and their size against me, lean on me, and push me off my track. So I might be on the edge, but if they, all they have to do is push me a yard past the quarterback, and then I'm I'm ineffective. We don't really right, see and that. The guy, it's just, it's like and the quarterback should step up. Get, it's like, yeah, I don't know if he's – exactly. I don't know if he's scared to get a holding call. I don't know, but it's just he doesn't really lean on guys like he should. He doesn't really brace for that contact. He kind of just is opening the gate. Yes, it's just opening quick. the gate. It's fundamentals too bad, so you can't. I mean, he's going to get a. It's just, it's just hard to keep hearing the same old thing. Because guess what? Every defense looks at the film, and they're going to the, the defensive line going to say, "Hey, this." As he's scouting Alabama's offensive line, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to see it until they stop it. They're going right. to see these stunts and these twists until they stop it, and they're going to come on the on the left side of the offensive line. Well, real, real quick, before we get to Tommy from Romulus, I want to head back out to the phone lines. You know I like throwing numbers out there, and this is credit to Charlie Potter. He, he tweeted, Alabama's defense is tied for third in the nation with 26 sacks, while the Crimson Tide offense is 130th out of 133 teams with 31 sacks allowed. So... That's you're not going to win. You're not going to win big games like that. Let's put it to you that way. With LSU coming in here in a couple of weeks, and you got Tennessee, I I, I feel Tennessee's defense is pretty good. We're going to get in that this this week. We'll talk about that, but they're going to be challenged again this week. Right, let's go out to the phone lines and let's do it in the right order, Justin. I just kind of lost track on on our rundown. I think Ellis was next. Tommy or is it no, Ellis? No, Ellis is first. Then we got Tommy. Then we got KJ. Let's go. Ellis, you up next. Go right ahead. You're up next on the Mills Edge. 
Morning, gentlemen, and roll tide. Roll tide, and good roll morning tide, to Dennis. you. Yeah, I uh, didn't get to meet you, but I got to meet Christian. Well, yes, this week, sir. if you come, I'll be there for sure. Uh, are you are you the handsome one or what? I'm the, I'm the dark and lovely. He's the hungry one. He's the hungry one. He's the one that's going to be eating all the time. You probably heard him eating earlier. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Dude, we're tired of this stuff. Let me see how he treats me, dude. Like, I'm the I'm the one to help him get where he's at with the, the for teaching him. And then see what he do? He get his little swervy captain and national champion saying. and all. He all slimmed up, you know, nah, drinking slim saying, fast man. and all that. Now he want to talk about big burly daddy. You know what I'm saying, Ellis? You feel me? Yeah, I I'm feel saying, you. I, I always hear some food in the background when we do the show. So I got I got to feed the big body, man. It's, it's, 12, it's 1 o'clock here almost. I, I only had a little a baked apple muffin for a 300 pound. What happened? What happened? You I, fasted. You used to always well, fast. I do, you can't you can don't do that no more. Well, I do. I do extend the fast, but it's not time to eat. With my coffee, I had a muffin. That ain't, that's not a whole lot. Give oh, me a break. Go ahead, Ellis. I'm sorry. I had one biscuit and one egg this morning at about 6 o'clock. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm not being negative when I say this. But I think it's the identity of our team this year, uh, the way we're playing. You know, uh, it's just – it is what it is right now. We're just going to have to take what we got and hope down the road that they do get better. But right now, it is what it is, you know. And I'm not being yeah. negative because I'm trying not to do that. But truthfully, it yeah. is, you know. Facts are facts. Yeah, I, you know, I hope they do get better, and and uh, I say they will. But right now, the the only team, you know, I know you ain't supposed to look forward, you know. But uh, to me, the game is going the hard game is going to be LSU because of their quarterback. Yeah, I'm getting a little concerned, uh, especially how the defense kind of played. Uh, you know, second half, I got. But they'll bounce back. I mean, I think these next two games, the next two games are your SEC West, you and those, the next, we're going to know. Alabama can close oh. this thing out in the next two, th three weeks. Done. But I know we're going to beat the putrid orange team. We better. We we need to get oh. our revenge, Ellis. And make yeah, sure oh, if you do get your, your victory cigar, get it from R&R &R Cigars. You can go on their website, r&rcigars.com. Uh, yeah. Use code Miller's Edge for 20% off and free shipping. So get, get yep. ready for your victory cigars. We'll be lighting that up this weekend. And another thing, I live up here in Tennessee and uptown on the, the old square, they got like uh, red bricks, like big circles of red bricks, and then red bricks that go across where the stop sign is. And I've got a big old... Uh, box of uh, street chalk, so I'm gonna wait to make my way up uh, a couple mornings and write uh, balls up, roll tide, uh, and all that. But I'll post pictures on uh, on X. Yeah, post pictures on X, and then just just send me a text message just in case you need some help getting bailed out. Yeah, I will. <laughs> so we the got you back. Station is just right up there around the corner. So. <laughs> well, we don't want you. No, just we'll keep an eye on you because we want you to be to come down to Buffalo's and hang out with us, man. So yes, be safe yes. doing oh, that. Yeah, I went there. I went there uh, Friday night. A bunch of us went there and got a big table. We had over ten or fifteen of us, and we went there and ate supper Friday night, and it was awesome. So. 
Sunday. Oh, good deal. Missed that. Well, I'm glad Thank you, Ellis. Glad to see you there Friday, Ellis. Hopefully we see you again soon. Appreciate your call. Roll Tide, Ellis. Roll Tide. All right, let's All go right, to Tommy then. from Rama. So we're going to go faster, guys. Give you about a minute and a half for pop. Go for, go for it, Tommy. Roll Tide, roll. Uh, I agree with Ellis. The team coming to this is our identity, but we got to improve. I mean, we just office line got to improve. We got to do something. I mean, when you get a, a five year a delay game or emotional victory formation, like I said Saturday to them, you watch Alabama football long enough, you'll see some of the most amazing things, and you'll see some of the most unusual things. And Saturday, that was unusual. Getting that flag on the victory. I just, I'm like yeah. flapping my ears. I'm like, man, I'm holy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so. Yeah, everybody oh, get ready this Tennessee weekend. Get them, get wound up, bring the energy for Saturday. I know you got other yep. callers. I'll talk to y'all guys tomorrow. All right, let's go Sounds to Georgia good, real Tommy. quick. Thank you, Tommy. KJ and Georgia, go right ahead. You got about a minute. All right, man, I just wanted to be quick on it. Um, I saw on social media, uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, with Miro and Tommy Reese. Um, when you bring up numbers, look at the fact of how the game is harder for Milro than it is for any other quarterback out there. Like, yep. They're making it very difficult for him. Um, yep. I saw a stat where it said Milro has only thrown nine screen passes. That's like receiver, running back screens, while all other SEC quarterbacks. You got Milton at 63, uh, Carson Beck at 65, Dart at 21, uh, Rattler at 38. So these are quarterbacks that are known to be quote-unquote throwers, and we're making it tougher on our quarterback to make easy completions than other any other OT is doing with their quarterback. So we got to look at the things like this when you look at these numbers. No, you're you spot on, bro. I've been preaching that gospel for so long, and I don't think they hear me o- over there, but I'm going to preach it louder, okay? I'm going to preach it louder this week <laughs> because they need easier throws, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate those comments, and you're spot on. Don't, don't be a stranger to the show. All right, we got to get up out of here. It goes fast. It goes fast. We had so many other calls on hold, but guys, we'll get you this week. Of course, tomorrow, talking Tuesday, we'll take a ton of your phone calls. Uh, make sure you tune back in. We'll break the game down for you. Have some guests uh, as well looking at Bama as they get ready for Tennessee. Hey, we, don't forget to go to rnrcigars.com. Put in that Miller's Edge. Okay, get 20% off, and the shipping is free if you're not in the Tuscaloosa, in, living in Tuscaloosa. Uh, they'll ship them to you for free. Get those victory cigars ready to rock and roll. Chris, you got anything before we say bye-bye? Yep, just got to remind you guys about Alumni Hall over in Midtown Village for your latest and greatest Crimson Tide Apparel. Head on over to Alumni Hall right now or go to alumnihall.com for the ultimate Crimson Tide fan shop. They've got the Yeti products, the hat wall, everything Alabama you can think of. You can get it there. Polos, sweatshirts, hoodies for this fall weather, you name it. So head on over to Alumni Hall right now and go get the latest and greatest Crimson Tide Apparel. Appreciate everybody tuning in today's show for the Miller's Edge. We'll be out. That's Justin, Christian, Corey, Noah. We'll see you guys. Don't call me, Corey. I'm the pastor of pain. Don't call me, Corey. Pastor of pain. Okay, get it right. There you go. This is the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports, presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily, always live.